The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm gonna show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. Are you interested in winning one of 50 copies of my new book, The Pre-Med Playbook, Guide to the Medical School Interview? Text book giveaway, that's all one word, to 44222. This is The Pre-Med Year, session number 236. Hello and welcome to the two-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Now, welcome to The Pre-Med Years. If this is your first time here, welcome. If this is not your first time, welcome back. I mentioned at the beginning about giving away 50 copies of my book, The Pre-Med Playbook, Guide to the Medical School Interview. You have until June 4th to win one of 50 copies. At the end of June 4th, end of day June 4th, the contest will be over and the drawing will happen. Again, one of 50 copies, text book giveaway to 44222. So recently, there was a comment in the Hangout. And if you're not part of the Hangout, you need to be. Go to medicalschoolhq.net slash group. The Hangout is a Facebook group that has over 2,500 students in there now of other like-minded pre-med students like yourself and medical students who believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. And there was a comment in there about, hey, some of the earlier episodes were about medical school. I'd love to see more of that. And so, Kenyon, we're going to talk more about that. Kenyon was a student that mentioned that. And when I say we, I have a guest back in the studio with me, somebody who hasn't been on in a long time, somebody who I think gets requested to be on, it's probably wanted to be on, or not wanted to be on, but uh, somebody that, that you like to be on more than me. What am I trying to say? I'm better than you. That's exactly what you're trying to say, and what I'm trying to say. Everybody likes you more than me. It's Allison. Hi, everybody. It's Allison Gray. Dr. Allison Gray. I think they like me because I'm a nice person. So am I. <coughs> Excuse me. Frog in my throat. <laughs> anyway, Allison Gray, welcome back. Thank you. Where have you been all this time? Uh, I've been upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So the last podcast that you've done with me was the specialty stories podcast all about neurology oh gosh that's right that was a while ago it was yeah and now back on the pre-med years 
Yeah. To talk about medical school. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Ryan. You like talking about medical school. I do. So let's talk about medical school. So Kenyon, I asked him, what questions do you have? And he said, wondering about the biggest differences between M1 and M2, which is first year, second year. What does the schedule look like between the two? What do breaks look like? And really the first thing that came to mind, in, in my mind and in yours when I mentioned this was, well, that's hard to answer because every school is going to be different. Right. So let's talk about our experience and maybe we can talk about some some variability in there as well about what what we know from other schools that we applied to or looked at or what we hear nowadays. So what do you remember the first year of medical school being like? They they talk about drinking from from a fire hose, right? Did you like first year? I liked all of it. It was crazy, but I liked it. I, but I've always liked school, so I'm Nerd. one of those weird people. But yeah, but I think everybody, you're you're wanting so badly to get to medical school when you get there. Like, how can you not be thrilled and excited? So there's a lot of anticipation and excitement when you first start. And then it's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I wasn't thrilled and excited. You aren't? No. Oh, well, you remember. You, well, because you hadn't been studying for like three years. You'd been working. Yeah. I think you were scared. I was scared. And I was I was mad. Why? Because it had nothing to do with orthopedics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well it had more to do with orthopedics than like physics did or but organic chem, at least. I mean mm. those those have a lot to do with, you know, mm. medicine as well. But it, it's more uh, come on, you loved anatomy and you got to do anatomy right off the bat. That was I mean, that was the only class I liked my first two years. Well. Histology, no. It's just, I think the other thing is it's a change in mindset because you were working and you had to go from working to studying and you had forgotten how to study. So it was just different for you. How did you do it? You took a year off? I took a year off, but I, I mean, when I, I also had a very different undergrad experience than a lot of people because I was at McGill and it was just all study. No, it wasn't. The Harvard of Canada. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with that. I didn't have a traditional university experience, college experience. I was not going to parties and drinking. I was literally studying. Like I would, like we would watch a movie on a weekend. That was exciting. <laughs> I'm not okay. kidding. V- very different than my undergrad experience. I studied experience. all the time. So I actually was really well prepared for that aspect of it because it was more the pace that was different. Um, just how much you had to study um, at a given time, like how much material you had to shove into your brain. But the actual act of studying all the time was very like, so it was that like, was It was like med school. I studied all the time, too. I was studying who the Gators were playing that oh weekend. Oh, Lord. You are going to Hooters, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did go to Hooters you a lot. You love their chicken college. wings. Their chicken wings are delicious. Their fries are delicious, too. Their yeah. curly fries. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Anyway, so, yeah. No, but but it was the amount. It was the pure amount of material that was like, whoa. And anatomy lab and, I mean, the lab. So that's the, that's generally what first year is. It's It's classes and lab. And being in the library or wherever you choose to study. So we we started studying, um, I think we went to the library initially, but then we migrated to uh, the bookshop. We went, not the bookshop, what am I saying? The Atlanta Bread Company. Atlanta Bread Company, ABC. Worry. Well, we would go to Barnes & Noble sometimes too. We I, went to where the food was. <laughs> well, you That's why I gained 30 pounds. You'd get there at like, you know, eight in the morning and be there till six. So you'd have like, you know, coffee and oh my gosh, Cookies. how many Diet Cokes? Ugh, disgusting. Don't drink Diet Coke. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was just, it was just crazy busy. And I think, um, it also, I felt a sense of 
I don't know if separation is the right word, but just sort of, I started to feel like people who weren't going through what I was going through couldn't really understand how much pressure we were under and how much, how hard, it, how challenging it was. Well, I think that's the same for undergrad too. Non-pre-med students don't understand the pressures that, that you're going through as a pre-med. True. The, the, the commitment there. that you need to put in, the time that you need to put in to study because you have to get good grades. Well, and also just, I mean, like we went out to eat ribs after dissecting the ribs. Yeah. Like we would talk about poop at dinner. Like normal people don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so there was just this sense of like, oh. <laughs> it's just a little um, different. Yeah, it was just different. Like the the journey into becoming a physician had begun and, and there are things that start to separate you from, and that's honestly why, and we've talked about this on prior episodes, but that's why a lot of relationships fall apart at the beginning of med school because people that you've come into med school dating who are not in medicine, a lot of times though that starts to fray because people you're doing something completely different. You're now immersed with this group of people who you were literally doing everything with. You're studying with them. You're in anatomy, anatomy lab with them. You're in, you know, well, I was going to say sleeping with them, but I don't mean that. <laughs> like you're, you're in your dorm room. Like you're surrounded by your medical student peers all of the time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that's why a lot of relationships uh, don't last. But but other relationships also start. So a lot of people would pair off at the beginning of med school. So there's there's med school romance, but. Yeah. Yeah. How do we get into med school romance? I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking about just people, you know, you're surrounded by this this group of kids, this group, I shouldn't say kids, this group of students, which is also... Um, you know, it's interesting. So um, we got to know each other very fast in med school because we spent so much time together. And that's another thing that's also that that is different about med school that I think um, is kind of unique. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't been to law school. I haven't been to business school. So maybe it's similar. But in med school, when you are with your class, you become so close to them because you are spending so much time with them studying and and, you know, it's just, it's an immersion is the word I would use. First year of medical school is an immersion. Yeah. So we went to a traditional curriculum, classroom styled medical school. How much did you look into different curriculums, different styles of curriculums when you were applying to medical school? And how much did that affect your decision when you applied to school? So, I mean, I did look into it a little bit. I knew that there was something called problem-based learning, which is, or systems-based learning, which is different. So traditional style is in terms of what Ryan and I did is where you take in your first year anatomy and you take uh, histology, you take the nervous system, you take um, physiology and pharmacology and yada, yada. In your second year, you take pathology and pharmacology and yada, you, yada. you learn everything that, I may have said pharmacology right. twice in there, but pharmacology was second. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. You, you learn, learn everything right. Right. You learn everything that's healthy and then everything that's pathologic, unhealthy in your yep. second year, right? So in, in systems-based learning, instead, what you're doing is you study the kidney and you study normal kidney and the anatomy of the kidney and the physiology of the and kidney. Pharmacology and the of the pharmacology. Kidney. Right. So, and then pathology. So anything that goes wrong with the kidney. So you study it and it's actually really cool because it's, I mean, everything that you learn, it's, it's it, some people argue it's a better way to learn because everything is very integrated. So um, as opposed to, some, you know, learning like in pharmacology in particular, I think was one of the more challenging um, I ones. Hated I hated pharma. I know. Well, because it's really rote memorization and, and it's very, it's, it's not 
systematized. It's it's okay. These are the beta blockers. So you learn classes of drugs. But if you applied that to a system like an organ system, it would probably be a lot sort of more straightforward and, and easier to memorize. I think, I think the, the students coming up these days will know beta blockers really well because they all end in LOL. Oh my God. Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. You like that? Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. I know. So <laughs> like you, propranolol. Yeah. You you mentioned problem-based learning, and you can have problem-based learning in both a traditional and a systems-based curriculum. And so problem-based learning is small group discussion, learning about everything surrounding a particular problem. The, the, the faculty creates a patient for you and gives you a huge history, and then you sit down and discuss it with a a facilitator, basically. And this is one of the things that I'm helping teach at the University of Colorado. I haven't actually done one yet. I'm on the substitution list for the problem-based curriculum. And I I think we had a little bit of that at New York Med, um, specifically around pathology, as far as I remember. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but, but it was different. It, it was different. Uh, I would have, I think I would have really liked a <laughs> systems-based, problem-based learning you would have liked that better System. probably, yeah. Because And in problem-based, I mean, it really gets you thinking clinically right from the get-go because they start giving you cases, and that's, mm-hmm. I think, very useful and very helpful. But nonetheless, so, yeah. So for, so there are different... So you asked me how to how much did I look into it. So I knew that, that systems-based learning existed at some schools. What I looked at when I applied was geography. That was my biggest thing. So yeah. I didn't differentiate, oh, that's a systems... I think if you, <laughs> if you get to a point where you've been accepted to multiple schools, then congratulations, that's awesome. And take the time to to actually go through and, and see what their curriculum is because it could affect you depending on the kind of learner you are. But I think for most people, it's just like, oh gosh, I just want to be a medical student yeah. anywhere. <laughs> so we had, when did we start interacting with patients? It was pretty early on. So the one, that's another thing that's often common. So most medical schools nowadays will throw you into seeing patients right away. And what we did is we uh, went to clinic and we had, each of us had assigned a pre or had a preceptor assigned to us. So I had a preceptor in Westchester County at at a primary care. He was a primary care physician or is a primary care physician. And I went to his office once a week. I think it was once a week, right? Something like that. Yeah, or twice a month or something like that. And you would shadow them. And um, at some point, I think he had me see a couple patients on my own first and then Mm -hmm. tell him what was going on. So we did that. And so that started our our sort of interaction with patients, if you will. And then I think, did we have any standardized patients that first year or no? That wasn't until second year. We didn't have many standardized patients. I keep talking to the students at University of Colorado where I, I do help with their communications with standardized patients. And I say, man, you're you're so lucky to be involved with standardized patients so early because that's something I didn't have. We didn't have at New York Med was the kind of the immediate coaching of talking to standardized patients. Right. We only did we did that in our We did the OSCE year. prep and right. then the OSCE. Yeah, and that that's where you learn the physical examination. So that's that's different. Right? Well, it's a history <laughs> and physical yeah, and yeah. a little bit of everything. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good segue into second year. In a minute. In a minute. So I want to talk about, so early clinical exposure, and that's going to be common almost at every school now. And and it's almost a sales pitch some schools have now. It's, oh, we get you involved right away with patient care. I'm like, yeah, so do most schools these days. 
um, when I'm doing mock interviews with students, one of the things I ask is, well, why are you interested in, in quote unquote, this school, whatever school they're interested in? And they inevitably will usually say something about, oh, uh, early patient care and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, it's not unique. Don't worry about that one. Um, and so patient care is, is great. I want to know from you, some schools have mandatory lectures. Some schools don't. What was your, your MO with going to lectures? Mm. I, it's interesting. So I learned in college that sometimes when I would miss class and just teach myself from the textbook that I, I often learned more. And as an example, in college, I, my general chemistry class, lectures were really useless and I would go to them, but I found them entirely useless. And I found the TA sessions much, much, much more useful. And I started going to lectures in medical school. And at some point I realized that I wasn't getting good value, I felt, um, just from the way that I learn, because hearing it and taking notes, I just felt was a very inefficient way to learn. And what I would do instead is, okay, we um, we would have scribes, right? Mm-hmm. So we would have scribes, which were people who would take notes on the lectures, and then they would, uh, I guess, what would distribute they do? Distribute it. Yeah, they would distribute it, and you would pay. There was a service you mm-hmm. could pay, and then you would just have the, the transcript of the lecture. So I could use that and read that and take notes on it, and then also go from the textbook at whatever we were learning about at that point. And I found that that was so much faster and more efficient for me. And so what I started to do is I, I wouldn't actually, it's, it feels like wrong like talking about this but, but I actually to be honest um I wouldn't go to a lot of classes and especially in second year I rarely ever went to lecture because it just was not a good way to learn. Now, I went to all of our labs. Of course, you had to. I went to all of our problem-based because um, we did have some you know, small, small group, group sessions, stuff. right? I keep calling them uh, problem-based, but small group sessions. You had to go to all those and of course, they're mandatory and everything. Um, but I found that I just learned really well on my own. So Ryan and I would literally, and for him, this may not have been the best, you know, I'll, thing. I'll get into that. Yeah, but for me, and I think he just basically kind of like hooked up with me and then he was like, okay, well, she's doing well and she knows how to study, so I'm going to do what she's doing. <laughs> and so he would come with me and we were like two peas in a pod and we would get up really early and we would, you know, or get up at normal time, whatever, and we would go to the coffee shop or the library or wherever and we would just literally study all day long. And I remember in second year in particular, we had this huge book called Robbins and it's a pathology textbook and we had to read it cover to cover and I would we would just sit there for hours and hours and hours and we would be studying and taking notes from the textbook. It worked a lot better for me than for Ryan, however. Yeah, so here's one of those things where this is from from my own personal experience. When I talk about learning styles and needing to adjust study styles and study techniques to not only for yourself when you go from high school to college and then and then college to medical school but also between students. So Alice and I started hanging out very early on in medical school. We started dating very early on, and so we would study all the time together. And I never took into account the fact that I didn't learn the way that Allison learned. I just wanted to hang out with her, and so we would go and, and hang out and, and study. And it 
reflected in in well, my and I, and performance. I made you study too. That was the other thing because I was studying all the time. So you yeah. knew that if you were hanging out with me, you would study as well, even if it wasn't as good studying. You know what I mean? I think. Yeah, but I I should have gone to the lectures no, and well, then studied. With but you. I'm trying to like you're selling you're selling it as though like it was all because you just like were dating me and that was the only reason you wanted to. <laughs> well, no, I it it helped that you you kind of forced me to study, yeah. but it was very inefficient studying right, for me for you, because, because I'm I'm a very auditory style learner, right? And poor Ryan, like, so just to give you a sense, like when we would study, and we ended up moving in together um during our second year, and we would be in our apartment and we would study all day long because we had decided not to you know study at the coffee shop at that point. It's all that med school is <laughs> we, all about picking we ordered places in. to study. <laughs> yeah, it's literally about like you know not going crazy, being in the same spot studying. Um, so uh, we studied at home and poor Ryan would, he would be sitting on the, the, at the table or, and then he would be sitting on the couch and I would look over and like, you know, maybe an hour would pass and I would find him with the book, like on top of his face, completely <laughs> asleep. <laughs> and reading that was put me to sleep. Because reading, so reading textbooks and Ryan reads so much now, but it's all electronic reading paper books. He would just pass out. He would fall asleep. Yeah. And so it was not, so he would have benefited. And I remember one of my roommates in med school, it was really important for her to go to lecture. But if you looked around the room, we had huge lecture halls. A lot of kids, I keep saying kids, a lot of students were not there. And that's because again, there were some people who really needed to be in class and needed that auditory feedback and that, that style of learning. And then there were other people like me who, who just learned a lot better in, you know, a different way. So I agree. I think it's, it's very important super early on in med school or undergrad or both to figure out what kind of learner you are and how best to study, how best you're going to learn the information. Yeah. And so for us, again, this was specific to New York Med, between first and second year, we had a break, our last kind of real break of your life, our life. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Uh, we we had that summer break, and you spent it back home doing I don't know what oh you were I doing shadowed. some shadowing yeah yep. that's where I found out I wanted to do neurology yeah you yeah. were shadowing and then I stayed in the city and was helping out at a free clinic our our uh, New York Med free clinic I got a uh, like a scholarship stipend whatever to do a little work study thing and and so that's what I did so. Most schools are still going to have that break between first and second year. There are some schools that I've heard that are getting rid of that break and are going to an 18-month first and second year. So 18 months to pack in all of the first two years, and they start clinical rotations that much earlier. It's probably smart. The more and more we learn, the more information there is. That's why some people argue you need five years in med school. Wait, no, but that's opposite of what you're saying. They're, they're cramming is. in 24 months, what normally was 24 oh, months into 18 months. Oh, that's weird. I see what you're saying. They're making two years like one and a half. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. it's uh, That's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's different. Okay, that's, that's my opinion. It's different. That's my opinion. That's all. Yeah. Um, we know what opinions are like. Um, <laughs> so Everyone has one. Yeah. So so some schools are going to, to that style system. So look into whatever school that you're interested in applying to, see what they have, what they may be going to. Are you going to have a summer break? If you had plans, maybe you, you won't have that ability. And we should put break in quotes because if you're going into something really competitive, like you know you want to do ophthalmology or, or 
radiology or, or ortho, you're probably going to want to use that break, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to start research and yep. to hook up with a mentor and get going on that. So it's break. And, and I didn't really use it as a break break. I mean, I, I was shadowing and I was keeping busy and Ryan was keeping busy too. So it's not like you're, I mean, I guess in theory, like if you wanted to go and tote around Europe and hang out, you could, but most, most people use that time. Yeah. And then second year, as far as I remember, second year was basically just more of the same, more of the same as first year, just different courses, different classes. Different classes. The The other thing that's different is you really start getting more in depth with the physical exam. <clears throat> and we had standardized, well, standardized patients. We had people that you kind of learn the exam on, which is a really interesting part of second year. And I think most schools do this. Yeah. So you have people who, well, we would practice on each other. I mean, we would practice all sorts of things. Not the kind of exams that you're talking about though. You're, you're the, the patients that you're talking about are for rectal exams right. and, and gyne exams. Yeah. The, when, so you actually like, we, we would go to a, we went to a clinic on one Saturday and you learn the breast exam and then the rectal exam and um, genital exam for women and men. And it's very strange. And, and these people do this and have like many people. Anyway, we don't have to spend a long time talking about it, but it's a very different experience. Um, They're necessary. It is, it is. We're and they get paid well. No, I absolutely. But it's a very different type of experience. Um, something that is very unique. <laughs> yep. So what else? So yeah, I think second year, it was just, I think what I really liked about second year is you feel that much closer to, to doctoring. <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, it's not that. It's not based on time. I'm thinking of it more that, okay, anatomy was cool, yeah, and you know, physiology. But once you get to pathology, you're really starting to talk about disease, and so you're really starting to think, you know, the cases that you're looking at, the the tests on exam. I mean, you're really starting to get into more of of learning about actual disease, which is what you need to know a lot about when you become a doctor and knowing how to uh, get to know a person and understand what disease they may be suffering from, so you can help them and treat it. So I think that it just be the the coursework became that much more interesting and exciting. Now, if you were in a systems-based class, that wouldn't that wouldn't have happened because you would have been studying that all along. So anyway, um, so I just I thought second year was really cool. It was fun. We loved our I loved our pathology professor. He was yeah. he was a hoot. What one of the things that at the end of that tunnel, the light at the end of that tunnel, the the light is the big shiny step one or level one. Right. When did you do you remember when you started studying for that yep. thing? We had it was um, basically f- it was five to six weeks beforehand. So you'd finish your classes like in May and we took the exam like at the end of June. So you had about five to six weeks of just again. And it's the same thing you're studying, but there you're studying like essentially all of first and second year. And there are specific books that you have to help you. There's like first aid there are all sort of different books that you have to yeah. It's soon to be the Board Rounds podcast. Ah, very cool. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Another podcast brought to you by the <laughs> amazing Dr. Ryan Gray. Anyway, so that was the end of second year. And then once you finish step one, then you're right into third year. And that's the thing. There's no more break, right? So you go straight into third year and then, then you're on the wards. And that then you're like, wow, I'm like, I'm like a real doctor. I'm now. a real doctor. <laughs> you finally get to wear your white coat around like more full time. Yeah. We're scrubs all the time. I remember we took pictures of each other uh, the first day of third year, and I was starting internal medicine, and I don't remember. Were you starting surgery? No. What were you starting? I didn't start with surge. What did you start um, with? OBGYN? I, I have no idea. Darn, how could you? Peds, maybe? Yeah, I think you did. I think you did start with peds. Yes, you totally did. And we were so excited. We were like two like, bright little pennies. We were just so excited. I don't know what <laughs> I meant by that. We were just like shiny and new and excited and... 
oh my gosh um and it was really cool and we went off and we were like we were like wow we're doing it now yeah <laughs> and we had like all our, our supplies yeah. and oh don't my goodness. don't leave your stethoscope on your rear view mirror yeah ryan used to do that and then it like melted into a specific <laughs> position yeah. but i don't know why you were leaving it there like you had it on all day long that's to be cool. Be like, hey, look at my stethoscope. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Actually, you really should not advertise that you're a doctor because there have been, um, or that you're a med student um, with your, anything in your car because people have gotten their cars broken into because people are looking for drugs. Yeah. Yeah. FYI. Smart. PSA. Yeah. PSA? Yeah. Public service announcement. Yeah. yeah. Not uh, prostate specific antigen. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway. Anyway. Doctor jokes. All right, so what else about medical school, first and second year, do you remember? Oh, we still on that? We haven't moved yeah. on? Yeah, we don't need to move on. Well, maybe we'll, I'll have you come back on if, if this goes well. Oh, wow, did you guys we'll catch that if on. this goes well? <laughs> it's like I'm being interviewed by my husband. Again. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, okay, what else should we talk about? Um, should we talk about the ridiculously bad for you food that we ate during first year? No. We ate lots of pizza and Diet Coke and... yeah. Um, you, you oh, need I, to know, take care I know. I know what yourself. else. I know what else. You need to make yeah, time for exercise. You do. Actually, what else? We haven't talked about like time. What about what do you do when you have a little bit of free time when you finish exams? You sleep. Yeah, that's another interesting thing. So I think, if I recall, exams were very frequent. They would yes. be like every two weeks, right? Some schools are like every week now. Yeah. So that was another thing. You end up becoming a professional test taker, and that's something that I remember very well. You, you take so many exams. And so like in anatomy, there were like four big ones. And then I think there was a big final, right? There was so that you do like, um, what do you do? You do chest and then you do abdomen and pelvis. And then you do the limbs. Oh, that was horrible. And then you do um, neuroanatomy, like the brain at the end. And so there were those big four. But then histology, you had four big exams too. and But it ended up being like, because they were spliced out, like you had an exam essentially every two weeks. And you were studying constantly, so it wasn't like it's different like than an undergrad where might you might procrastinate or maybe you're like kind of enjoying yourself and then you have to like hunker down. Like you're always hunkering down in medical school um in your first and second years and, and later too. But the the amount of test taking you do, I remember we felt like we were professional test takers. It was crazy. Yes. There are there are there are a lot of tests. Yeah, so many tests. And really, really often. So and that's the thing. So by the time you do your board exams, you're like, Oh yeah. So I, I would like to, at some point, have a guest on, and I have some people in mind, to come on and talk about um, study skills and and actually being more efficient with studying. I think one of the biggest issues with studying right now for everybody is is probably what you're listening to this podcast on right now, and that's your cell phone, with Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and whatever else is out there. But did you really use that stuff in med school? Not for our generation. Yeah. For the current generation. Because okay. I was going to say, like, I think I started using Facebook sometime during medical school. Yeah. I remember having a Facebook account, but I was on it like super not frequently. And I, well, I still to this day don't know how to tweet properly. And I've never had an Instagram account or Snapchat. I don't know what any of that stuff is. I'm an old fogey. <laughs> but anyway, yes. So if you're on Instagram all day, like, oh my God, I don't know yeah. how you would like have, the, get anything done in the, the data shows that one interruption, like if somebody sends you a text message and you're in the middle of studying, the data shows that it takes about 20 minutes to get back into the groove and the mindset 
of where you were before that interruption happened. That's crazy. So if you you go to kind of the normal route of a student and check your phone every half an hour or you get a text message from your from your loved one, from mom, from dad, whoever, uh, every hour. So you are wasting so much time. So if I were you, put your phone in airplane mode and study. Yeah. And every hour or so, pick your head up, take a little break, and then get back down. Yeah, take a break so you don't get a DVT. A deep vein thrombosis. Yeah, that's another doctor. Or wear TEDs. Compression hose. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, geez. So I'll, I'll have somebody, I'll get somebody on. There's a, a big name dude that's written some books on this stuff, and I've tried to message him before. Well, I have I'll excellent study on. skills. What do you want to know? I'll get the experts on. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so says the person who doesn't even use Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat. But and, that has nothing to do with it. Just don't use that stuff. And like <laughs> put it down and focus on studying, period. There I you thought go. you meant like study skills like... How do you study? But but you also have to recognize that, again, people have different ways of learning. So, yes. So you can't have one person's study skills apply to everybody. Correct. I'm, I'm talking more deeper, deeper stuff. Like Instagram stuff? Higher level. No, no. Snapchat. Not. You're weird. <laughs> anyway, I, I, are we good? Do we cover everything about medical school? First couple of years? Uh, yeah, I think. Th- oh, we didn't talk about like free time. Do you want to tell people what we did in our free time? We slept. Yeah, but other stuff like we watched all of Twenty Four. Yeah, we watched a lot of Twenty Four. Yeah, CSI. when we would, that was like our like. Oh, oh my god, I forgot about CSI. That was our treat to ourselves when we were done with an exam. Oh my gosh, and we you would have like a day where you could like, or the rest at least of a day after an exam where you usually could just, a like, weekend. Relax. Yeah, maybe a weekend. Test were on Fridays. Right. You had yeah, the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember that's true. Like it wasn't like you had like at least at our school like okay you know test this Friday and then next Friday you had another one so there was at least a little break yeah and. So we would like binge watch like 24 episodes. It was so great. But yes, that was, I remember that well. What else did we watch? Were there other things? But TV was a big thing. Like we were, we were, we were often either studying or, or watching like, TV. Yeah. And there were, I mean, <laughs> there were a couple of bars that people would go to and celebrate. And there was a karaoke bar. And yeah, it was fun. We had an uh, end of the year, we had orientation stuff too, but we had an end of the year party. And we had med school prom. Yeah, med school prom. Is that what we didn't? That's what we called it. We called it SPAD. Med school prom. Yeah, but wasn't what was SPAD for? Student Physician Awareness Day or something? Something like that. Yeah. Um. And then there was another. Wasn't there another? Yeah, there was another party at the end of second year, right? I think. And then there was a party at the end of fourth year. There's lots of fun. Yeah, lots of work. So that's the thing. Like people have fun too, and you have to be careful. I mean, there are you know probably people who. Like our bozos and like you know party like you know the whole like study play hard study hard like no 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 play hard work hard yeah exactly work hard, like have hard. some fun once in a while that's basically yeah yeah okay and and talk to people in your life like don't lose track of friends and family that's important yeah try to exercise try not to eat crap yeah gotta take care of yourself take care of yourself yes it's important. All right. Well, hopefully that was helpful for you as you are preparing for medical school or thinking about medical school someday in the future. Kind of what what to expect those first couple of years. And it's, bye, everyone. Hope to see you soon. It's crazy. Yeah, maybe we'll bring Allison back on. Um, yeah, that's good. You said goodbye. It Send, might be a while. Yeah. <laughs> Send Ryan a tweet or however you guys communicate with him. Like send him hashtags or something. Like bring Allison back. <laughs> 
<laughs> hashtag bring Allison back. T- hashtag BAB. <laughs> exactly. Provide the, the hilarious color commentary. Yeah, I'm glad you think so. I, it was fun. It was fun, y'all. Take All right. care. Take a, care. a reminder, text book giveaway to 44222. Again, book giveaway to 44222 if you're listening to this before June 4th, 2017 to enter to win one of 50 copies of my new book, The Pre-Med Playbook, Guide to the Medical School Interview, which should be in your local Barnes & Noble soon, which is pretty exciting. So cool. Yeah. All right. I hope you have a great week. I hope you join us next time here at the Medical School Headquarters and the Pre-Med Years Podcast.